0: Welcome to the podcast. This is season one, episode one of the new Salvation Out podcast, a project that I felt led from the Lord, or by the Lord, rather, to uh, begin this year. And um, I want to deal with some topics and subjects that I might not necessarily deal at length in a broadcast series. And uh, they're not going to be long. They're going to be much less lengthy than our... um, our broadcasts, which usually go about you know an hour, over an hour, an hour and 20 minutes, these are going to be designed to be 15 to 25 minute episodes that I believe are going to give you practical keys for triumph and victory uh, on the earth, no matter the area of your calling, because I want to... Make it clear to you first and foremost that the Bible does not say God glorifies only the ministers of the gospel. And God has special plans only for those that are ministers of the gospel. It doesn't matter where God has called you to. The scripture says in Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1. If you'll diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to do everything that he's called you to do. To obey his statutes and keep his covenant then it shall come to pass. So there's the part you play, there's the the responsibility you have in doing the word of God, in applying the word of God, because the word of God without application is useless. The word of God is only useful, only uh, provides value when it is applied. The scripture says in James 1, 22, uh, 21 and 22, the scripture says that um, don't be merely hearers of the word and so deceive your own selves, but rather, be ye doers of the word. So when you just hear the word, and I think in the North American church at large, we have a lot of people that are spiritually fat with the word of God, but just hearing the word does not do it. You have does not um, does not grant you success in life. You have to apply its contents. Apply. Uh, what it says you know Jesus said in Matthew 7 24 to 29 if you hear these words of mine and don't do them you'll be likened to a fool meaning your life and a fool's life will not look any different you'll have the same the same results but if you'll hear and do it then you'll build your house on a rock on a steadfast strong foundation that no matter what life throws at you no matter what you go through no matter what transpires around you you're not going to fall you are that's a promise that Jesus gave the people he was speaking to you are going to be found standing and so Deuteronomy 28:1 says if you'll obey and do what I've told you to do if you'll keep my covenant then it shall come to pass then God will go to work and do what only he can do and I'll set you far above all the nations of the earth. There is a place for you on the top if you're interested in it, no matter the area, the field uh, that you work in. It doesn't matter if you're an accountant. doesn't matter if you're a a uh, car salesman. doesn't matter if you are a teacher. doesn't matter if you're a scientist. doesn't matter if you're a politician. It does not matter what field God has called you to. You need to discover that for yourself. But once you've discovered that, there's a place for you on top. You know, the Bible says very clearly. I'm going to read this out of the New King James in 1st Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. The Bible says, "You are a chosen generation, this episode I've entitled a peculiar people. You are peculiar. You're a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises" of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. When you got saved, you were not saved just for the sake of being saved and guaranteeing your eternal well-being in heaven. No, that's ultimately what we're all awaiting, and that's the hope that we have as an anchor for our soul. But ultimately, uh, Peter, by the the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying that your salvation will actually provide you With success in life as well. You're a peculiar people. It's going to set you apart. It's going to distinguish you on the earth. Who once were not the people of God, but now are the people of God. Who once had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You once had no help from God. You once had no peculiarity on the earth. You once, you know, if you read Paul's letter in 1 Corinthians 1, you, when you were called, he says, now remember, brethren, not many of you were wise. Not many of you were noble. Not many of you had great positions of influence. Not many of you were called in in might. Not many of you were called because of your glory and your 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 um your abilities and talents and your ability to get people to hear you and le- no, not many of you were called because of your stance before. You weren't called because you were something special, but you were called to be someone special on the earth. There's greatness in you because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And because Christ, who is the great one, the the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who God anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, because that one lives in you, because the Bible says, greater is he that lives in you. That means there's greatness in you. And as a result, you should be producing greatness on the earth. There should be certain markers that set you apart. You're not like everybody else. Your life should not look like everybody else's life. Jeremiah 1.5, God tells Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born. I formed you in your mother's womb. And when you were born, I consecrated you as a prophet to the nations. The Bible says in Psalm 139, How fearfully and wonderfully have you been made. You weren't created, you're not a biological accident. You're not a, a, a poorly planned pregnancy or a misplanned pregnancy. You're not a mistake to your parents. Maybe you're a mistake to your parents. Who knows? I don't know your background, but you were certainly not a mistake to God. God did not uh the very fact you exist is because God willed your existence. The scripture says very clearly that you're a person of great destiny. Romans 8. The Bible says those whom he did predestinate, he also did call to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, his son. You were called to be conformed to the image of Christ. Was Christ irrelevant on the earth? Was he just some, you know, uh, guy that just roamed the seas of Galilee and nobody really paid much interest in? No, he made an indelible mark on the earth that to this day, We're still talking about him. Millions and millions of followers of him around the world because he's Christ, the Son of God. And because of salvation, we now not only pay allegiance to him, we owe our whole life to him and our eternal life to him. But look at the mark. And remember, Jesus said in John 20, as the Father sent me on the earth to make a mark on the earth, so now I'm sending you. You are sent on a mission to do a great work for God here and now. If you study the entirety of scriptures, you will discover people that uh, didn't have things all together. Gideon did not have his life together, and that's why God chose him, because, you know, he 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 was more organized than the rest. You know, he, he had a head on his shoulders. You know, he really, he was more brave. He was correct. No, matter of fact, in his day, when the Midianites were uh, so, uh, oppressing the Israelites, he was in a wine press threshing wheat. Hiding away because he had he was cowering in fear, he had no interest in rising up, he was just ticked off at what was transpiring on the earth. But remember, just being frustrated with what's going on that's step one. Frustration, if it gets to a certain level, if you're frustrated with at the level you're at right now, that is step one. But just staying frustrated is not going to move you on to level two. That's why God sent an angel to him to say, Hey, I know you're frustrated, but I'm giving you power now to turn that frustration into results. Go in this, thy might of yours. And so God, you might be frustrated with where you're at now. You might be frustrated with the level you're at right now. You might be um, you know, angry because you're stagnant. You feel idle, haven't made a move in a long time. That's good. Use that now to get into prayer to secure power with God, just like Gideon did, so that now you have dynamic power to move on, to press on towards the goal, Paul said, that we might obtain and get to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Gideon didn't have it all together. Daniel was a slave in Babylon. So if you're, you can't, you know, make an excuse that, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, you, you don't know my background, you don't know where I've come from, you don't know Uh, what my parents did to me and you know I I didn't come from royalty I didn't come from riches and you know the story of the bible is not God calling people who are already rich and then making them richer the bible is literally uh documented stories and history of God taking the have-nots and the do-nots the ones who haven't done anything and the ones who have nothing David was a A shepherd that when Jesse, uh, when Samuel came to Jesse's house and was going to anoint one of the sons, one of his sons, Jesse didn't even bring him out. He left him out in the field playing the harp and feeding the sheep because he said, you know, if any of my sons is going to be king, it certainly isn't him. His own father discounted him. His own father discredited him, disregarded him, kicked him to the curb and said it could never be him. And then Samuel said, it's none of these guys and we're not going to sit down to eat until the, the real, you know, and, until I anoint this guy as king. So bring out that last that last son you have. And he, was, he came in probably dirty, smelling like sheep. Probably had mud on his face because he was out in the fields all day, sweaty. And Eliab, who was the mighty one in stance, he had a strong look in his eye. He had a fierce look in his eye. When God's anointed prophet on the earth, Samuel saw him. He said, surely this is the Lord's anointed, because on the outward, his outward appearance signified royalty and kingship, but God said, I've not anointed him as king, I've rejected him, don't look at the outward appearance, look at the heart, because I, the Lord, do not look at the outward appearance, man, I look at the heart, and then David came in dirty, outwardly looking like, if there was going to be anyone anointed as king, it certainly wasn't him, and yet... That was exactly the one God chose to elevate and promote. And the anointing came on him. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord came on him powerfully and mightily from that day onward. And that empowered him to go from the shepherd's field to the palace and eventually become king of Israel and rule for, I believe, 44 years. He was seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. And they still have, you know, the Star of David and on the Israeli flag. I mean, look at how he made his mark. They have the King David uh, Hotel in Jerusalem. That's one of the nicest hotels there. Five-star resort. So you can see that God is not interested in calling the people who think they have everything they, that, that uh, they need to, to really impact their generation. He's calling people who know. Remember what Jesus said. Those who exalt themselves and think they're great, they're going to be humbled. Those who humble themselves, and understand that without God, we're nothing. Those ones are going to be promoted. So, you know, the danger in this, you know, is, is starting to think mediocre thoughts about yourself, you know, and uh, thinking that that's humility. Humility is not thinking of yourself uh, as less than everything else. Humility is not, going around telling people how weak you are and how defeated you are humility is not boasting about how dumb you are and you know that's not what humility is humility is recognizing that without god you're all those things but with god i bo- david said some boast in chariots some boast in horses i will boast in the name of my god david said i can th- by god i can run through a troop i can leap over a wall Zechariah 4 6 by not by might not by strength but by my spirit and then you tie it into Philippians four thirteen by my spirit I can do all things through the anointing the Christ that's that strengthens me so humility you know the Bible says in Colossians don't let anybody cheat you of your reward through false humility you know we're, we're just mediocre wretched human beings and you know, we're going to make heaven by the skin of our teeth. You're actually downplaying the effect of the cross by saying that. Christ did not, I started quoting it before, Romans 8, when God called you, he called you to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Those whom he did call, he also did justify, made you uh, to be right in standing before God. And those whom he did justify, he also moved on to glorify. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts I have for you to take you out of penury, to take you out of obscurity, to take you out of, of smallness, and to lift you up out of the dunghill and seat you amongst the princes of my people, that I might give you a future and a hope, not plans to destroy you, not plans to harm you, not plans to make life hard for you. Jesus said, come to me all that are weary and heavy laden, burdened by life, and I'll put my yoke on you, which is easy, and I'll allow you to carry my burdens, which are light, And as such, then I'll put my spirit in you that the same works you've seen me do, you will do and greater works shall you do because I'm going to the Father. I mean, you look at Daniel who was an Old Testament prophet who did not have the Holy Ghost within him. He had the Spirit of God upon him and God anointed him and look at what God did with him, a slave in Babylonian captivity. And the Bible says this Daniel... This is in Daniel chapter 6. Let me read it from the New, uh, New King James. Daniel chapter 6. And I believe it's in verse 3. And this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought, gave thought to setting him over the whole realm of Babylon. So the governors and satraps plotted and conspired to kill him. Now if you go in Daniel chapter 5 and verse 11, another account, this is how people perceived Daniel in his day. They didn't say, oh, there's a slave guy who who is, uh, you know, he's just got a lucky break and stuff. People, uh, if, if it wasn't for his his lineage and his genealogy and stuff, people, they wouldn't pay him any respect. No, matter of fact, they <laughs> he was of... The genealogy, His lineage was Jewish heritage. His heritage was Jewish heritage. So in the natural, he had nothing great. But look at this. Daniel 5.11, people that were in a foreign nation who deserved the position of leadership over him because they were like natural-born citizens. This is, what, this is what they said of him. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Verse 12, Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, there he he goes again, an excellent spirit, knowledge and understanding, interpretation of dreams, solving riddles, were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he'll interpret the dream. So you can see, they didn't see him as some... uh, you know, Because of the Spirit of God and on him, they didn't see him as, as some dummy, some uh, entitled kid that did nothing, but because of a lucky streak and a lucky break, he rose to power. No, they didn't see him as that. They recognized there's something different about this one. And the king g- gave thought to setting him over the whole realm of Babylon. So what I wanted to deal with this, First episode of uh, the podcast series, what I wanted to really get into, uh, you who are watch- or listening right now, Proverbs 23.7 says, as a man thinks in himself, so, are, so is he. If you think mediocre thoughts about yourself, and you know, I'll, I've never been smart, I don't think I'll ever do anything great. Mediocre thoughts will create a mediocre lifestyle and a mediocre life altogether. You're not a biological accident. Don't see yourself as that. You're not a wretched piece of junk that God barely let into the kingdom. You were like that, but when God let you into the kingdom because of his demonstration of love at the cross and that while we were still in sin, Christ came and died for us, the moment that happened, you got to change your, your thinking. The Bible says to be carnally minded. Carnally minded means you st- you're still thinking the way the world thinks and that leads to death. The Bible says in the, book of, um, in the book of Philippians that we are to dwell on the things that are true about ourselves. The things that are excellent, the things that are noble, the things that are praiseworthy. Dwell on these things and the God of peace will be with you. Romans 12 verse 2 says that we are not to be conformed to the thought patterns of this world, but we are to be transformed through the renewing of our mind by the word of God so that we can prove God's excellent, perfect, and acceptable will here on the earth. So if if you continue on in in thinking uh, defeated thoughts and Non scriptural, non biblical thoughts about yourself, you're gonna build and embed defeat in your own life, and God won't be able to do anything about it. He can't override your thoughts. He's you when your spirit was saved, your spirit was made perfect in the image of God. Your body didn't change much, and your soul has to be renewed day by day. Your soul is where your emotions, your mind. Your, your, your decision-making abilities, that's, where that's what your soul does for you. That's what uh, the soul is there, because there's a distinction between a spirit and a soul. The spirit is your God nature in you. When God resurrected you in the image of Christ, that's God's nature. The Bible says, he that has been joined to the Lord is um, united with him and is one with Christ. But your soul has to be renewed day by day. Your soul has to be transformed. Your mind, the way you think about yourself, the way you process, the way you, you, um, you comprehend, your wisdom, the old wisdom has to go. The Bible says that we are to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. The Bible says very clearly that we are to put off the old mind and that we're to put on the new mind which is created after the likeness of God in holiness, in truth, and in righteousness. So the first step, and this is where I'm going to end it today, the first step towards greatness, first step towards increased productivity in life, the first step towards arriving at that glorious destiny in Christ is to change, change the thoughts you have about yourself. You're not a dumb Irrelevant reject. You're a royal priesthood. You're God's very own chosen generation. God's very own child. Whom God did everything. I mean, you want to see the value you have. The Bible says God didn't send an angel for you. He sent his own son. The value a product has is in what people are ready to pay for it. You're God's product and he was ready to spend Spend his the blood of his son to get you. To get you back into right standing with him and right relationship with him. And he didn't spare his own son, but he delivered him up. Will he not freely give you everything else? Quit thinking. God's against you. God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Thanks for watching or listening today on the podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 1. Uh, if you would like to share this on your own Instagram... Uh, it would do a lot of help in getting the word out that we started this podcast. Also, if you want to visit us online, www.salvationnow.ca You can visit us there, sign up to our newsletter. If you'd like to give, you can do so from, th- from that page. And also, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at TJ Facebook, like and follow our page, TJ Malkanji, Salvation Now. And also, we're on YouTube. We are on YouTube live and Facebook live. Search TJ Malkanji. All our videos are archived there. And we go live every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Would be nice to have you join us there. Until next time, God bless you. And have the richest day you've ever had. In Jesus' name.